Hello everyone and welcome back to Eyes in the Mize. My name is John and that's Ian. Hey, what up? Uh, it is April 17th, which is early if you know our recording schedule, but that's because Ian is going out in the field in a few days and we have a special guest joining us. Uh, this is episode 58, Puppers, Poison, and Presentations, a conversation with Vorthos Mike. So Mike, thanks for coming on. Very uh, uh, thankful for you to have me here, uh, and you got me, which is great, in the, in the thick of things. So uh, what are we talking about today, boys? Well, we're going to be well, talking I'm... mainly about uh, your work with the upcoming Magic Art Show, um, and a little bit more about Mike, because honestly, all I know about you is what's on Twitter, which is Wiener Dogs and Magic and Art. I do a lot. I... I talk about dogs a lot. It's a thing. <laughs> I won't lie. I wanted Mike to get on the show since like the beginning. It's like, this is the perfect time to do it. Yes, okay, okay, okay. You can't hype it on when someone's already on that. And be like, dude, we should have totally had the thing. Like, you can't. You can't. No, no, no. It's, not, it's been you a can't, thing. You can't be Big Bang you. Theory and bring on Nimoy and be like, oh, my God, we totally wanted Nimoy the whole time. First issue, why are you watching the Big Bang Theory? Second <laughs> issue, like, just stop. Everyone knows that. Yeah. No, it's, no. It's, it's it, is, it is absolutely great to have you, though, Mike. Well, yeah, happy to be here. Uh, I mean, we could talk some art because um, we can't talk about Poison because uh, obviously Ian doesn't play it. Established. Fact. Well, I mean, I don't play it either. So really, we're just all at a uh, of... We can't talk. In fact, Ian doesn't play it. Talks about it, though. It's weird. It's a thing. <laughs> Fine. Um, <laughs> and for people that can't see, I have video up right now. So I have like Poison artwork from the Infect deck behind me. And, you know, they're just like, Ugh. and I'm like, I know. Let's just talk like, art and puppers. That's the only thing we can talk about today. That exactly. glorious Plague Stinger, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Plague Stinger. That art is all is a plus. Uh, first thing I mean, we're gonna, no, first thing we're going to do is real quick. We're going to look at eyes on the community. Uh, because uh, today, on Monday, there was a Twitter post by uh, magic artist Christopher Moeller um, saying that he is retiring from uh, magic art. Um, Ian, what were some of the cards that that people might recognize his work from? Well, there's a lot, but let's just get started off. The, uh, the current, I guess you would call it, the most recent Chain Lightning and Lightning Bolt arts, uh, Glint, Nest Clan- Glint Nest Crane from uh, the Kaladesh set, uh, Chris Bakula art of meddling mage, uh, the current Necrotal art, Pestermite, Rex, Recre- uh, Reclamation Sage, the Cycle of Seals, uh, Siege Gang Commander Scred, the Umbras if you're a Bogles player, uh, Bogles or Boggles? Tragics, Bogles. Boggles is the, uh, the game with the lettering. Uh, Tragic Slip, Vines of the Vastwood, Coffin, Fat Cough, uh, and Zealous Persecution, and none other than the Planeswalker that's not a Planeswalker, Umazawa's Jite. Yep. And and uh, I didn't catch it. You mentioned the OG Christopher Pakula uh, meddling mage art? Yes, the OG yeah. art for that one. Um, <clears throat> also, one thing that I, I guess I loved his art before I even knew who he was, like back when I played originally, um, like cause my big point is back in Tempest and um, Urza Saga, but Expunge, which is two and a black and... Destroy target non-black, non-artifact creature. It can't be regenerated with cycling two. Um, I just thought it was really cool because the picture is just an angel just getting demolished by some like black magic beam shooting right through it. And it just was really cool. Um, it was basically like great removal, I guess, back in the day. And the art was great. Plus, it fit really thematically story-wise for the whole Urza saga thing too. But oh, yeah. still, really, really sad to see him go. 
Um, oh, yeah, right. And the uh, Vintage Masters Bizarre of Baghdad art. Yeah, so good. Is also really good. Um, and I think that this is going to be, you know, one of the probably bigger names to kind of leave Magic. Um, I know Mike's already tweeted a little bit about it. Um, and I... And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of posts tomorrow uh, just kind of talking about the effect that Christopher Moeller had on uh, on Magic Art as a whole. Oh, also, um, Mike is adding to our show notes uh, Goblin Lackey as well, the uh, the From the Vault Goblin Lackey art, which is also really good. The problem, yeah. uh, the reason I added it is I actually owned that art for a time. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is super funny. Yeah, I picked it up from uh, – so if you don't know Chris Moeller, uh, he uses his agent, Tom – fanfare uh out of fanfare comics you can google it you can buy his art and comic book pages and all sorts of cool stuff but i picked up goblin lackey when i saw it immediately coming out and i'm like oh that's neat <laughs> it's neat um way back in the day and a friend of mine um who collects goblin art and he has like dozens like dozens and dozens and dozens of like the main goblin artworks finally found out i had it and he's like homie homie <laughs> We need to make something happen, and I'm like, oh, okay, we need to let's talk. We let's let's talk. So I, I did a deal with him. He was also the uh, uh, the gemstone guy hookup that uh, helped me get some earrings for my wife. Oddly enough. Oh, wonderful, cool. But yeah, it's I saw that and like had to tweet. I was like, wow, because <laughs> yes. it's it's great though. He's he went he's going out kind of I guess on his own terms. Uh, for, he had a, a short little video. We'll put it in the uh, the show notes for it. Uh, he tweeted out the video and. It just seemed like he was just like wanting to go pursue some other things right now. He mentioned he's going on a trip for uh, some battlefields uh, through Kentucky and Tennessee, which should be pretty cool. There are a lot of battlefields in those two states, having gone on school trips and just like family outings to those. Like the battlefield out in Shiloh neck. is absurd. Must just your neck of the woods, John. It is literally my neck of the woods. Uh, that's I don't know. Bourbon, that's bourbon country. That's totally bourbon country. And then like go paint bourbon, paint bourbon back and forth. It's great. I mean, that's all yeah. artists do as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's, it's established. Um, but no, you're right. You're right. He went on at his own terms, which is really rare, like absurdly rare for to be to be part of a brand where you get invited to participate and the style doesn't change or rather your style can adapt over time. Um, similarly, like uh, D. Alexander, Doug Alexander Gregory, if you look at his early work and then look at his latest work, it's so radically different it's because they can adapt over time. And talking to Chris about this, and I'll be blowing this up a little bit in the next few days, um, he was he was that illustrator like Quentin Hoover, you know, like thick outer lines, graphical style where it, it, was, it seemed designed and then he, you know, illustrated it too, where it's almost like layered and, and how he worked was just, you know, from a bygone era, but yet, man, he kept pounding stuff out, you know, set after set after set, you know, he just never stumbled. He never faltered in, in quality. Um, and, and it's really commendable for someone to be like, nah, I'm going to retire. And you're like, Oh, wait. you're like, he's like, dude, I've been doing this for 20 years. Get off of me. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> you well, want to I mean, do paint other things. Okay, fine. Yeah, we've seen like like I mentioned Glenn S. Crane. I put that one in there just because it's a new card. It's pretty good and it's showing up in a lot of decks nowadays and it's just amazing art. Um yeah. I'm, is it safe to say that we might see like maybe five more like I don't know the number of cards that he might have art coming out still in the in the next few years for Magic. Well, you I mean the one thing you don't know is how many pieces did he make that yeah. got accepted but yeah. weren't printed. 
Oh, yeah, uh, too. I mean, people forget that, that, you know, the slush art pile. We don't like to say slush art because it's always a negative connotation. But just pieces that they bought that they, you know, maybe a card got cut or something happened. I own one of them that's literally under my bed. I haven't framed it yet. Um, and it was for a Dark Confidant piece. Oh, wow. Like, it was a Dark Confidant promo because I think they made a couple of them just to see, you know, where they're going to go with the promo. And, you know, for whatever reason, they, you know, didn't put it in the set or took it in a different direction, and it changed. Um, and now I have this artwork, and their Wizards has it, and it might show up on anything. You don't really know. Um, yeah. And that's kind of exciting for someone that's been around so long, because you know there's Kev Walkers out there that are just sitting. They're still there. I mean, even even Rebecca Gay had a bunch of pieces, like her basic lands that came out with Commander. Those were made years ago. And just never used. Yeah. They just found a nice slot to use it. But one nice thing he did do is he gave excellent little shout outs to all of his art directors, which, I mean, I think was great. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's safe to say that the artists and the art directors need to have a really good relationship in order to make, the, make, in order to make the magic work. And I think that we've seen a lot of that with, um, with several artists on Twitter, you know, not just, you know, posting their, their arts. Uh, like I follow, like I, I follow like you two, uh, Victor Adam Dominguez, who did a, who tweeted out his art for, uh, Top Crop Skirmisher. Um, and he mentioned the AD was Mark Winters. And I think that that's something really cool to see. And I, and Mark Winters also mentioned kind of the relationship that they build with the artists during the Amonkhet preview stream. Um, and so that's going to be a lot of, uh, I think that's a really big kind of just sign of the times. Yep. So anyway, so enough about the art. So we kind of introduced a little bit, but you're on Twitter, Borthos Mike, you tweet about dogs, tweet about magics. Just tell us a little bit about like how you got into the game. Uh, well, I started as everybody starts, you know, in the 90s, right? I mean, and then it's like, full stop, that's it. <laughs> started in the 90s. No, I, I started like many of us do that uh, um, uh, were in the Boy Scouts. Because okay. after a while, eventually you're going to find a, a hike, a camp out where it gets rained out. Like, it's going to happen to everybody. And a couple of the older guys were playing Magic. They some Someone had like a white weenie Armageddon deck, which was just so ridiculous for a casual game. <laughs> just absurd. Um, and I got into it, and I started playing um, like a green ramp deck. I thought that was the coolest thing until I found out what Hexproof was. But um, started there and, and, you know, put gone on and off, on and off. Got into the art early. That was really what, what hooked me in. Um, the folios was my jam because of whimsy. Oh, man. Whimsy art, whimsical art, of course. Um, it's really what's kept me here, too, is like art like Steve Prescott really is the same concept in just a different form. If you look at Bayloth Pupper, uh, the Bayloth Pup, it's just as derpy as 1993. No different. Um, so I started there, you know, came on and off, and really started becoming more active in writing um, basically when my undergrad was done and I was in grad school. Because in grad school, you, you your class is only like twice a week, if that. So I had all this time... During the day, because I was still running track for my university, um, but I had no class to go to. So I just like hung around all day, basically, waiting for practice at 3 p.m., go to class at night, you know, study a little bit in the morning, read things. But then I had this downtime. Um, started, you know, getting more active, writing more. I used to be really active in the forums back in the day on the mothership, which, ugh, they turned odd later. Um <laughs> But uh, from there, started writing about art, realized that I have an art, art history degree. I worked in a museum, later became an art director, and found myself in a pretty unique spot um, to talk about art. My nickname in, in college was the curator, comically enough. Um, <laughs> my coach called me that because he had no other terms for artists because um, there weren't any art people in sports don't exist. That's not a thing. Um, 
It's so weird it, Venn diagram. It really is. I mean, it's like, you know, the women's team, there's like nurses and like medical field things. And the guys are like kinesiology that became insurance agents. Like there's very few options of what they do. Um, surely not art. I was the only athlete in the entire art history program and art program, actually, um, at the University of Minnesota, which is enormous. We have like 50,000 undergrads. Um, but from there, you know, slowly got acclimated to things, got to know Trick Jarrett, Man of Nation, became Gathering Magic, editor, editor. Here I am today, um, and finally, I'm um, working on getting this art show idea that I've been kicking around for the last ooh, half a decade. It's finally seemingly like it's going to get off the ground. Um, I'm still nervous. We're still short uh, by a you know, thousand and change. Um, but it seems like this actually might happen at GP Vegas this year, and then going forward with only one tournament organizer in, in Channel Fireball, there's going to be a lot of these. Uh, they're going to be international. They're going to be themed and all sorts of weird options that people want to see where you could be like, you know, we're going to do a modern GP. Let's only bring uh, artworks from modern decks. Just boom. Top to, top eight modern decks. Let's just get artworks for those. And since I know a lot of the collectors, you know, I, I can I can pull that off. And how cool would that be if, you know, you win and you get to stand in front of, like, the infect wall with all the pieces behind you. Like, that would be the coolest photo, right? I mean, or I can imagine the Tron person standing in front of Karn Liberated. <laughs> or just, you know, just no, instead of... They, they, no, the whole... they, would, they, they would stand in front of, like, the power plants. Because oh, Karn yeah. is digital. Oh, yeah. Karn is digital, okay. I, I'm just taking it off of the Kickstarter where you have... There's the, the faux gallery pictures. I remember seeing the Karn Liberated picture there. I'm, right, 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 right. I'm still trying to get better at discerning which pieces are digital and... And traditional. It's hard. It's hard. Mike, even Mike even wrote an article on it. <laughs> I did. I wrote an article about this. You can put it in the notes or something. Um, but the hardest part is even traditional ones are touched up digitally. Yeah. Even at the end, they they fix a couple things. It's just faster. <laughs> you don't want to have to wait for paint to dry. Um, especially when you put away all your paint and you're like, son of a, I gotta fix that one thing. It's like, oh okay. Um, but no, it, it's really really difficult. Uh, the basic concept is there's only a few planeswalkers that are traditional. And you you tend to know which ones they are. Like Kiora, the crashing wave, like you can see it. And you're like, mm, yeah, that one is. Or um, uh, a bunch of other ones. Like I think Winona Nelson has one too. But the new Nissa is traditional, which it doesn't look like it at all. But it's Howard Lion, who's you know a, a superhuman from outer space, um, an absolute beast. He is an absolute beast. Like. It's, he's got the weirdest story, and I love it. He's just like, you know, I'd I be painting murals on churches, and then I'm going to make wizards on the side. And you're like, man, that's weird, but I respect that because it's so cool. <laughs> and he's the nicest man. He really is a delightful person. Um, but we're going to have that one piece there, too. So we'll have Nissa up close that people can see. Um, because once it gets to an art collector's hands, it, it very rarely leaves someone's house. Yeah. So we need to keep remixing what the new options could be. In, in future shows, and I, and I think that's a pretty fun thing if you could be like, well, we, we're going to go to Germany for a show, and we're going to bring in all the Innistrad art that looks like Germany. Like, how cool. How cool would that be? That'd be just ridiculous. Or, yeah, uh, you, you know. You can get, like, your picture of the, the, you know, the, instead of just the whole, like, standing behind, in front of the GP signs, like, in front of art. Yeah, or, like, in, in Hong Kong, you're in front of Portal 3 Kingdoms art. Like, Ooh, yeah. how ridiculous that would be it would it would just be silly how cool like and that would just be a memory that people would be like dang 
I had to work that weekend. Like my job is to make people feel crappy about missing an event. <laughs> like that's my goal. I want like, the fear of missing out to be just critical. Like I'm crushed that I'm not going to get to go see this. Like because I am not going to be able to make GP Vegas because of army commitments. So I was just like, no, not yeah, why. It, I want to see this be, art. It's going to be pretty hype. Um, luckily. Like, you, Ian, it, it, there, there is options to have more than one even this year. Um, oh, nice. We're looking into Minneapolis. What could we do? We're looking into Portland. What could we do? Um, and since, well, my brother lives in Portland, my middle of our, my two elder brothers, Portland seems pretty likely. Um, it just depends on what's the, what could the theme be? What could be the cool thing? Um, and we you know what do people want? And we're really going to be testing a lot after this first show, if it gets funded, of course. So, um, so, so the first show, this is just all right. So there's nine right now on the 17th. There's nine days to go, and you mentioned you're just under like 1,500 to the goal of 15,000. Um, so is this just kind of like proof of concept to say, hey, look, people want to see this, and then they'll start, you know, helping front it the, the future shows, or is this going to have to happen for other shows and stuff as well? Uh, no, not not as not as much. I mean. Uh, it's easy to get together a couple grand for like shipping to get a cool thing to show, right? It's hard to get 10 grand to go. You know, it's just easily as a rounding error where you could say, well, um, we can get a cosplayer there and a handler and a couple other things and you know, it might be a thousand bucks, whatever. But for us in the art show, like we got to buy walls, we need to make didactics. And, and, and a lot of the writing stuff I can do for free, but the walls, the shipping of the art, like that's just cost. And here's also scale. I mean, we could do this a fourth of the size um, at a smaller venue, and it would only be like two grand if we already had walls, which is the big thing in the, in this Kickstarter. Is we're literally buying walls, buying lights, like building is, the process. And this is going to be like your upfront cost. Like, hey, if once we get Correct. this, we'll be able to use it in the future. Correct. I mean, you still got to figure out how you ship art. And what you want. So, like, if you have a guy that has, I don't know, a Power 9 card in Australia, like, it's going to be expensive to bring it. But not crazy expensive. And and most of all the Power 9s in the U.S. anyway, it doesn't matter. But but if there is something of that sort, you know, it's $50 compared to $25 each way for shipping. So it's not prohibitive. Um, and since I own so much concept art, I can supplement basically any show on any plane in the last 15 years with ease. Um, like, I, I just nice. have, I have a shocking, uh, uh, I just have a shocking amount of it that people don't know about that I slowly have been picking up over the years. Um, and I just love the concept art thing where people get to see <laughs> some of it, but you want to see the, 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 the sketch, the concept art in the final. And if you can find a couple collectors that have a lot of things, future shows become super, super cheap, especially after you do the first one. And people are like, oh, yeah, I already heard about that. A buddy of mine did it. Um, yeah, totally loan your stuff. And then they'll combine things together and ship as one shipment from a Minneapolis or a New York or a Los Angeles. So it becomes easier on everybody. So yeah. while this is only while this is 15 grand to raise, and that's a lot, real art shows, if people are curious, cost. 100 grand, 250 grand. Like, it's shocking how expensive everything is to build walls from scratch and paint and pay people to hang the things. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, guards. Like, you don't think about those, but guards make, like, $15, $20 an hour every hour. And if it's an art show, it's, like, a week to a month and a half. Here, we only have, like, four or five days. So it's not as bad, but less people get to see it. 
So who all is involved in the organization aside from obviously yourself of the of this art show? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, it, we don't really have titles of sorts. Um, uh, there, there, there's myself. Uh, there's Josh Krause of uh, Original Magic Art, which you know he's got his weird vintage art, uh, classic art tokens. If you've seen those and all sorts of weird stuff. Um, we also have uh, Rico Evangelo, which uh, is Cardamajigs. He made those lenticular like tokens, you know, that move. Oh yeah, those are really uh, sweet. They, yeah, they're super. He makes the weirdest stuff, but it's so cool. Like how advanced some of his weird metal tokens that he has are. Just this, the strangest products that he tests out. And uh, he's Canadian, so you know, he's a good dude. Um, and then we have uh, Brian Walters, who kind of a retail expert. Um, uh, work, works for a large retailer that specializes in the color white, if you know what that means. Um, and so he understands, you know, layout and lighting and user experience. So we have this like super team, um, of four people. And then we have like a, a Marcel White, who is very experienced in, um, setups and conventions. And he's, he's an advisor and he's like, Oh, sure. I can help you with a thing. You know, I can't pitching a ton of cash right now, I got a baby, but I can help you figure out how to do things a little cheaper or better, and we're like, awesome. So we've had a lot of people step up for that, um, and then we're going to be having a, a bunch of volunteers, when and if this thing gets funded, to really help on, you know, set up uh, the day of, act as guards, um, work with cosplayers, uh, when and if they are branded to each space, acting as <laughs> guides of each, docents, if you will. Um, and they'll be involved too. Um, MJ Scott is already signed up to, to make it happen. And we have a, a, a list of more people. So it's going to be different if you're at Vegas that it won't just be see it one time and you're done. It's like, well, I want to go to Innistrad on Thursday because we're going to have someone dressed up for that. And then I want to go to Mirrodin on Saturday because they're going to have whatever. So it'll be a different experience for different parts of the week. Um, we, we thought about changing the art out even, but We'll see when we get there uh, how much space we have. That's cool. I mean, yeah, it's just one thing that, especially I know I went to Grand Prix Vegas in 2015, like, it felt like a convention. And this is just like a cool little new aspect and tweak that can just make it that much cooler. And like you mentioned, like, since we're going to Channel Fireball, like, across the board for Grand Prix now, if they see this as something worthwhile, then I would love it if it was like at a random Grand Prix wherever. Like it's not just like, oh, you have to go to this one, this one, and this one. It's the only time you can see this stuff. It's like, who knows? You might get new people interested in the artwork that never would have known otherwise. It's it's that silent majority, right? It's the casual gamer. Like if you're a pro grinding, you're not going to go to an art show. And frankly, I don't care because you're already there. Whatever. It's more of like, how can I get my little cousin that's like, 13 who likes magic but doesn't really know a lot about it and you may bring them to it if you're not playing in the main event you're like oh it's a legacy main event i don't play legacy i'm a modern guy uh you know you can bring a friend or you you're just a casual person that hasn't played magic in five years and you're like oh man we got a gp coming to town and check it out and then you may play in a side event and you're like oh this art thing that's cool it keeps them on site longer and in retail it's called dwell time the longer you can increase the dwell time, i.e. why milk is in the back of grocery stores, if you've ever wondered why that is, um, the better chance of you having more purchases or a larger basket size. Um, and there's ways to reinforce and make that positive. And adding a little money to get art there is just one way to get it into that that convention setting, Ian, that you're talking about. Um, there's more than one way to do that, but art's an easy way because it's passive. Like, you don't need to 
hire someone from Lego to build a session or, or do a panel. You just put it up in a room and people will just naturally do it, which is cool. Yeah, there's yeah, definitely like, been times where I've had um, every the first Saturday of every month here in Nashville, uh, they do kind of an art crawl out in out in what's called the arcade. And yeah, you'll just see people just like kind of wander around and just look at the art because it, it's there. And I can definitely see myself, you know, like at a Grand Prix, you know, maybe coming up next year and just like walking walking around and go, oh hey, uh, the uh, the art exhibit's here, uh, and see kind of what the themes are that you were talking about. Like maybe that maybe this time it's the um, all the Amonkhet art for one reason or another, or maybe it is you know themed around. Um, a specific artist for certain situations, I can imagine. Yeah, think of that friend that you have that's like, hey, man, I just bought this new board game. And you're like, oh, a new board game? What is it? Seven Wonders? What did you get? Settlers of Catan. And you're like, okay. <sighs> Carter, go. Carter, listen. <laughs> you know, like that friend of yours that you have? Everyone's got that friend. Like, uh, uh, just uh, wait till you get a ticket to ride, and they'll just lose it. That's the person that you bring to these things, and then they get hooked into magic, and it's like uh, a thing they can't get rid of, because it's that it's that seeing that shivan dragon for the first time, except you see it up close. You can't you can't do that in the future, you know? Confession time, I've never played Settlers. Played it once. <laughs> I've, I've played other board games, like I've played uh, Twilight Imperium, I've played Ticket to Ride, I've played Scythe. But I've never played Catan. You've never played Settlers. That's like the uh, yeah, I friends, know, right? Like you're like it's semi-nerdy. It's like you the gateway. To, it is the gateway drug because they're just like economic board game, and they're like, well, this isn't so bad. They're, or like the friends that play Monopoly, and you're like, oh, yeah. I, I don't, I can't respect you. So you like give them Settlers. <laughs> I like board games. What you have? Look like a Monopoly. Sorry, it's like, dude, oh, boy, just stop. But anyway, so but this art thing, like, it's definitely something that I know they've been trying to push. I know. Channel Fireball has been the ones really kind of pushed a lot, like trying to sell like the Grand Prix experience, where it's not just like show up, play the event, see it, let's go. Like they've done, like you mentioned, panels. It's kind of harder to put on a panel than just be like, we put art, go look at it. It, um, it, it is, it is to get, you know, it takes baby steps, and the hard part is they. It's they want to do this. Um, when you really dig into that, and community members say like, why doesn't Wizards do this? First of all, that person doesn't understand that Grand Prix aren't Wizards. <laughs> They're not run by Wizards at all. Um, it's run by an outside company. So once people Contracted. realize that to say, how how can Wizards facilitate that? And how can the community get involved? To which I say, I'm sick of freaking waiting for someone to do this. I'm just going to do it. And if the community doesn't want to fund it, well, then we know that no one cares. But if we do fund it, well, that opens up a lot of doors. I mean, into live streaming on site, or um, what if there is a live preview that we have for Hour of Devastation that will be happening inside the art show by snack time live, which you did, guys just did hear first. <laughs> that is actually happening. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Really? It's, it's happening. We're going to have a live preview with oh, Ant yeah. and I on snack time inside the art space, showing the art and showing the card at GP Vegas. It'll be on that Saturday. I already have mention my... No, go ahead. I was going to say, we should mention, though, uh, Mike does a podcast himself called Snack Time, digging into the lovely Vorthos flavor of the game with snacks. Buddy Ant. It's a lot of snacks. But no, I mean, that's the type of thing that, you know, how do you do a live preview card? It's like, well, you know, we're on our sitting in our basements or whatever, doing a talk. It's like, okay, that's cool. But does everyone remember the reveal with Christine Spranko with uh, That was absurd. So good. Now, why doesn't that happen at every event? 
That is an excellent question. <laughs> like, so that's what we're going to do. We're literally going to go into the art show and just be like, boop, art goes up. I mean, like, I already have what I th- I have I have a pick in my head. I'm not going to say it out loud because obviously you can't say it. I mean, I actually don't even know if you know what art it is. Um, I, 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 do, I do have an idea of what it, it, it may be. Okay. Because, like, my the, if I was picking, I would pick a Nicobolas piece myself. Because Nicobolas isn't an Amonkhet. He's going to be an Hour of Devastation. That's kind of, like, obvious. I would just Why put a Nicobolas I- piece up there. Why wouldn't I take a pupper? Obviously, I take the puppers. That's if true. I have a choice. I mean, Nicobolas got, is not a dog. We, that is true. We got jackals now. We they we got. I would take probably a pupper lord if that's a thing, like Lord of Puppers, oh, like yeah. tap to pet. Um, if I had a choice, <laughs> like uh, I, I, mean, I don't know. We're we're gonna find out what that is though. Like, and how how do people in this hyper hyper active social media space react to a live preview using art? As the focus. I mean, you can say as a cosplayer, it's like you are the person, you are embodying what the thing is. But how will it be different if all of a sudden installer puts up art and then we literally have like a curator talk to say, all right, we're going to talk about this art. We're going to talk about the significance. We're going to talk about what happened here. Like, what if we get the artist to talk about it? Like, what if all of a sudden they come up and be like, this is what I was feeling when I was doing this. This is where it came from. This is the things I didn't choose. Like, and that then is... you show the and then you show the card. Show the and card. then you like show the card from it, and then people are like, "Oh, biscuits!" <laughs> you know, like you, you, show the, a... you show the art, you talk about the art, and then you say, "Oh yeah, by the way, this is what the card does, but this is like how it all fits in." Yeah, so it, it, like that sort of thing, like you can't you can't just do that randomly at an event. Like you need a separate space, you need a separate engagement to do that, and. As we're playing with that, you know, we could have like a, a virtual reality experience. We could have, you know, sponsors that do all sorts of different things that move us into a con. It would be great to have Morton's system, Saver Salt, be a video booth, and then you get to tell your salty stories. Like, <laughs> like that sort of thing could be just like the most ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Like you could it, just it's tell a live booth. It's a live booth of salty losers. I mean, how funny would that be? And every time you tell the salt, it would be like a 20 second video that goes on like Twitter. Like. Yeah. It's so playful and it's so smart and people were like, "Oh yeah, I got to buy salt." Like it would just remind people, but it would tie into the game and in such a community-based fashion that oh, yeah. is almost too hard for a giant corporation to touch into. But we all know about the salt. We know about the salty stories. Everyone's been to GP and you hear about, you know, someone that goes turn bad beats turn one glistener elf turn two loss and you're playing in fact against them and you're like well they had it biscuits you know what do you do but that sort of experience into a con all of a sudden changes instead of like oh i had a good time i won some packs it was i had a great time i saw some cool art i got to have this immersive video thing i got to try out a new digital product like that and that's such a different – and it's still not a con. It's not the panels. It's not the waiting in line that is San Diego Comic-Con, which I will never go to because for that reason. Um, I've been there once in 2010 before it got – that was like the, quote-unquote, the year of Twilight that spawned it into the, the hellscape that it is today. I, 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 won't, I won't even do it. Todd Lockwood pulled out this year because he's like, I don't make that much money, and I don't like it, and it's dumb, and I'm, so, I'm not sorry. And we're like, well, well you're, you're right, dude. Um, so I just won't go. I just won't do it at all. And yeah. instead, we have magic cons. They're mini, but cripes, we just gotta do the thing, and people will sh- will start sticking around longer and cubing on site, or I don't know. But if I can <laughs> yeah, do art, I mean, 
I can do the art part. You guys do the rest. Cripes, figure it out. I mean, yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, the biggest things that are scheduled at a Grand Prix are just, you know, the whatever the tournament organizer does, they're like, you know, big stakes events and then the main event. But everyone else is just kind of, you know, running around talking to the artists and then maybe they and then they'll see, you know, the art show because you don't need a schedule to go into the art show. So you just look at art. Exactly. You can just sneak in for five, ten minutes where someone's like, hey, did you see the thing in the back? Because this is not going to be a minute and a half in out. Like, no. it's going to take you a little bit to get through it. And and that's intentional. That's why I have so much concept art, where people can be like, well, I got through Innistrad today. Tomorrow I'm going to work on Ravnica. Like, that's the goal. The goal is that, you know, you're forced to go back in and then in and in. And, you know, maybe you'll see an artist in there for some of the time. Maybe you're, if you're a VIP, there'll be a party in there. Maybe there's going to be an opening night situation. Um, maybe there's going to be some other things unplanned that we haven't told you guys about yet in the space. Um but that's that that thing. It's just one piece, and and it's and it's not up to the tournament organizer to just do that. And they're not going to just cut a check to a random thing. Like you got to prove that people want it. You got to prove that it's valuable. I just don't know what that second thing is, what that third thing is, what that fifteenth thing is for us to get there. Um, is it licensed shirts? I, I don't know. Is it sock game? Is it cosplay competition? Is it like, is it a deck builder's talk? Is it lightning talks where each person has like five minutes to talk about the newest deck they built and where hyping, it's going? Hyping up Vintage Artists Constructed. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's Vintage Artists Constructed. Uh, and someone explaining the format and saying like, ooh, dude, Chris Ron deck is real good. Turns out when you have five swords that are pro colors, real hard to deal with. Real hard, especially game two. Woof. So what you're telling me is that Chris Ron needs to uh, draw or do the art for more artifact removal spells. So the only way to counter the Chris Ron deck is to play the Chris Ron deck. Correct. And then like, you're in the is, Ron mirror. It's 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 going to be the hardest deck. And for people that don't know, the Vintage Artist Constructed is um, vintage, except everything you play has to be by one artist, including basic lands. So obviously if you want to play Jason Chan, play Jason the Mind Sculptor, <laughs> he hasn't done an island. You can't cast it. <laughs> has he ever can't. done a blue duel, or has Jason done no, any lands? No, he hasn't done lands. He hasn't done yeah. lands. And that's, that's what's awesome about Christopher Muller, is he's done every basic, so you can play, all, of, all, you can play all 251 of his cards that he's I done. Know. And now he's done. But, like, that idea of you can do anything for his, or, like, Keb Walker now has a complete set. You can play anything. Rebecca, um, Rebecca Gay with C16 as well. Exactly. Would, would you just play Bitter Blossom and Shenanigans and you're fine? Um, <laughs> yep. But that idea of how do you get into this form, because it's super cheap. Building decks are so cheap. You can borrow, you know, a couple cards from friends and make it happen. Um, and that'll be something that, you know, we're going to try to kick off a little higher at Vegas and then maybe get some uh, Magic Online. Because making decks for Vintage Art Construction is like 10 not even $10. On Magic Online, like Matt Cavada, like, Mono Red is like six fifty. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Cavada did Pile Driver. Oh, yeah, he man. did Pile Driver. Yeah. And I, was, did, like, I, was, I was looking into Jund John Avon hates your stuff. Yeah, like and mails from those, Pulse. <laughs> like yeah, all the all the land destruction he has, it's ridiculous. There's about three cards in each deck that are actually like a couple dollars a piece or whatever on Magic Online, but otherwise decks are free. Like Greg Staples. Red white, it's free, legitimately free. Or like uh, uh, Steve Prescott with Goblin Guide, like it's free, <laughs> yeah. super cheap. In in physical cards, it's quite expensive because Goblin Guide promos and are like thirty dollars a piece, which is ridiculous. They they barely dropped. They went from like thirty eight to thirty, and that's as low as they were gonna go because that card's hard to reprint. Was that that was a GP one? 
At the GP one, yeah. That was I, that's, a great that's, GP that's promo. The, that's, the, that's the copies I've got. Yeah, those are real nice. Um, but that sort of idea, you get to see players working on a new format that isn't a net deck. They literally have to brew again, like you're 14 again, which is amazing feeling. Where you get to go in and say, like, oh, man, I want to look up, I don't know, Titus Lunter. Does he have any creatures? Like, you have to look, and he doesn't really have <laughs> creatures at all. Like, he, like, has to awaken spells to make a dude from a land. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, no. <laughs> but you can see, like, you're looking into promo cards. You're looking into uh, different languages, if there's different variations, or... Any type of physical differences. That, that's such a fun idea. And you really can't do that in your home area other than a GP. It's really the only place where you can get a groundswell of like 16 to 32 people. Um, yeah. So then we can tie that into an art show. And the next step is, you know, we had panels where we had art directors talking, artists talking, maybe artists doing demos. Maybe there's art students that come by and you can hear wiener dogs talking in the background. Too. I mean, that's just added value. <laughs> And that's just value. I should have brought milk milk, but we don't do video here. Um, but I could have brought them. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's a start. It, and it, it, this is such a minor thing in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it's not like we're going to be revolutionizing GPs. I get that. But it, it starts the ball that has been rolling to really speed up down the ramp and really poke people with a stick to say, hey, listen to your freaking community. This is what they want. Is it it's not beanbag chairs. It's not pool tables. Like, this is th- it's this. I mean, it's a quality of life thing, you know? Like yes, you can stand inside the brutalist convention center and stare at the at at the you know fifty foot concrete tower or concrete you know columns spiders and spiders and this time you you can you know relax your eyes a little bit on some nice art. We thought about that. We what if we put picnic tables in there? Like, do you think Ooh. people would eat lunch inside an art space? I think they would. I think they would absolutely. I- I think it's better, we, it's better than just going to finding table like one thousand twenty-five. Yeah, right. We we thought about like, what if we put like, hey, a I'm couple in water, stride. yeah, or like a couple like water coolers with some like themed things. So like, there'd be like a a red one for Innistrad. You'd be drinking blood or something. And it'd be like a juice, you know. It'd be like free, whatever. Yeah. And you know, maybe mirror. And it's like a black or a really dark purple something like table. You're eating lunch. No, look for the art or an eye spy or something. And that it's so dumb. But if you have like a six year old with you or a kid, you you need something for them to do. <laughs> you know, you know, mom or dad is playing in a draft quick, and you're there with the stroller, hanging out with baby Brayden and Kylan. And, you know, what if we do art on the wall and we do coloring book to match it? Yeah. That'd be cool. And, Actually, and that, that coloring book would be really sweet. Like, so we, con- like you're showing a concept art. It's just really black and, it's just black and white coloring. Like, yeah. Thanks. So we did that at GPC TAC uh, in Tacoma uh, a few years ago. I called up Stephen Raffel, known associate, and said, homie, if I give you American currency, will you make me a coloring book? And he's like, what? <laughs> Okay, so if you so if you look out there, uh, and when we can make a link to it, um, he has got like an Eldrazi or Zendikar like coloring book pages. So we're gonna be working on that for the art show as well. So if people come in with kids or whatever and they get bored out of their mind, we're gonna be like, here's here's some crayons, here's some magic coloring book pages, and if you want another one, we'll provide you a PDF. And so then it becomes like a real museum is where they have like guides for different age kids or 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 
different aspects to look for and, and so that it's more approachable for people. And the tournament organizers can be like, oh, you get kids? Uh, okay, well, walk around, check out the different stuff, and go to the art show. They got stuff for kids in there, too. Um, I mean, you I take also, home stuff. I can also see it, you know, the local college is like, oh, hey, there's an art show here, and we have a bunch of art majors who would like to see kind of ex- exhibit pieces. Although I'm sure that they do that anyways for their major, but they do, but it's not fun art. That's you know? true. Like that, you can go to an art institute and see the same stuff all the time. Special exhibition, sure. It's different to call up like a fine art college that works in comic books or sequential art because they're all geeks. They're yeah. dorktrons like all of us, and you could let them know and be like, "Hey, man, you want to bring your professor? You want to bring your class to this magic art show thing? Because remember, it's going to be going on all day, so they can come over any time as long as it's open, yeah. and they can just sneak in there and do a little spiel." Maybe they'll do a separate thing. And then, say Magic Coverage wants to have a PR story planted in the local community. Can you get better than that? I don't think you can. Like Get get some of that mid-cover, mid, uh, mid-round mid footage kind of thing. Like Exactly right. And, you know, you can get a local community member in there where they're like, oh, it's a big Magic tournament. But nobody knows what that is. But then they're like, oh, and they're showcasing the art of the game. And they're bringing in game animation students and doing outreach. Kind of like how they do with the Super Bowl. They do like mini outreach for like a year and they disappear forever. Yeah. <laughs> but we can, but we can do that. Like we can do at least, at least it's something yeah, that we do haven't think, done. Before. Yeah, I do think that like small little things like outside of the convention center is something like even like small bits for like coverage is something that Magic is sorely lacking. Exactly right, and you know it could be into the food. It could be into like oh, artists are getting together. Blood at a place. So it becomes this... Like, I've already more, thought of doing, like, a food gotta, tour of Nashville with, like, the coverage team here when they come here for the gotta food get, tour. You gotta get that B-roll footage. Exactly. Dude, you gotta get that B-roll. Like, you gotta go to Nashville and be like, dude, where are we going to barbecue? And they're like, well, that's that's a, that's a an aggressive question, first I of mean, all. <laughs> uh, how much time do you have? Um, well, first uh, but, we're gonna that, go down to, like, no, we're going to Hattie B's, get some hot chicken. Okay, well, I'm into that. I'm oh, all, yeah. I, I actually, I actually have had hot chicken. I, I drove down to uh, Orlando for a bowl game uh, for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, um, and I absolutely did get, did get hot chicken at Nashville, which is awesome. Oh yeah. Um, but we can do that, you know, with local places too. Like in Minneapolis, I always write a primer on where to go to eat and what to do. Yeah. Um, but if art can be part of it, then it's you know main event, side events, you, flavor. Yeah. Whatever the flavor, whatever that flavor might be, to be like, oh, we have an official restaurant that we go to, you get a swag deal, kind of like Gen Con does with like the beers and like the food specials. Yeah. Or they're gonna have a Innistrad bar, like maybe there's a zombie bar in town. Like we have a zombie bar in Minneapolis, it's Donnie Dirk's zombie bar, and it becomes Innistrad themed for a weekend. Yeah. And it wouldn't cost them much to rename a couple things in the menu, but if they can tie into that and it ties into an art show or ties into like an experience or you have some sort of I don't know, Egyptian food nearby. Like, it's this expansion, but who's in charge of it is really that next that next question. And I, I don't I mean, know that. I really don't. I mean, well, that'd be something that, like, over time, like you said, this is the first one. So maybe in the future, like, if this starts spooling up into something bigger and bigger, they'll have a spot for someone like that, like, specifically for maybe art or, like, science, like kind of side event but not quite side event like at the venue like side like venue next door but or even still. or even just like in in the venue area itself like yeah. just some side experience that's it some side yeah. experience kind of thing have a person whose job is just hey what kind of cool thing in this city is it known for that we can tie into maybe art and culture 
and just it's almost like when you're the, when you're there early. What do you do Friday night? It's yeah. like the it's like the Friday night or the scrub out early. Where do you go to karaoke? Where where do you go if you need pho? Where you know that person or that table? It's almost like a a, a visitor center table. Yeah, and that's so easy to add. It's so easy. But how cool would that be? Because I've been to some cities I know nothing about. Like I don't know anything about Tacoma. I know it's like close to Seattle. <laughs> I live like twenty minutes. I live like twenty minutes from Tacoma. There's not much. You got. I don't know anything about bit. it. I know nothing. And and I ask I people that are from Seattle. They're like, hey man, what's it like? And I'm like, listen, if it's in Minnesota, I know about it. Like, how do you not? The city's right next to you. They're like, well, I don't really go there much. And I'm like, okay. Leave Ballard for a minute or two, you hipster. It's not like Renton is the is like a bastion of food and culture. Just stop. Not <laughs> terrible though. It's fine. <laughs> it's like a it's fine. like it's like a donut it's for fine. breakfast. It's fine. It's not <laughs> ham, steak, and eggs. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's not, not going to blow your sock up, socks off. It's just sustenance. There's a lot. There's a lot of tie. It'll it, with Thai food. It, with Thai food's delicious no matter where you go. But like, I'm saying, there's a lot of Thai places. Fair, <laughs> but I, I would love to see more of that, and, and and hopefully doing this art show that you know we spur the next, I don't know, person that's like me, except for a thing I don't even know about yet. Maybe there's like a master brewer that's so well connected to all these other cities that they could do that, or there's like a um I don't know a speakeasy or someone that understands like old timey moonshining and travels to a bunch of GPs like. And maybe that's what people do on Friday nights at 9 p.m. or something. Like, it's yeah. it's so close. And I don't know. Or, like, for, someone is, like. the next evolution. Yeah. Like, who, what if someone uh, is the organizer that's a recruiter for a giant company and says Friday night, oh, if you're unemployed, you should go meet Jimbo Jenkins. He's always at the local FOGO at every GP, and he connects you and recruits you for some multi-global company. And then all these other recruiters start going to magic events to start getting – you know, STEM majors and people smart in math and analytical people, because frankly, magic players are amazing at that. And no one's recruiting them. No one thinks about that. Because God knows we'd have to confront our geek shame to have that publicly in anything, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I, no. like look at my where'd Facebook. You, where, where, I don't where'd even... you hire this? Where'd you hire this guy? Uh, <clears throat> uh, magic, magic tournament. Wizards card. He's a poker. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> It's a it's, thing, it's, though. I, I mean, it really yeah. is. We don't really oh, yeah. make it that all that public, other than, like, the Corbins of the world or the Marias, where literally everybody on their feed is really – that engages them actively is from their community. You don't – they don't have always too many high school friends that are like, what is that now? You know? Even my parents Google me every now and then, and they're like, I saw you writing about an art thing. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like, there's no – follow-up like my brothers are aware of it they just don't know how to always engage it which i always think is super funny it's like um, how to pierce the veil kind of thing oh 100 100 and cripes if i gotta if i gotta do the wing in to be like oh no this is illustration it's part of the art community um this is no different than norman rockwell the difference is they're making art for a game instead of magazines because magazines don't exist anymore you know and i can make it a little more approachable for people, yeah, yeah. and then when I talk about it at work, people are like, "Oh yeah, you're creating an art show." Full you just gotta stop. find that. You gotta find that in. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. And hey, if it gets more people in the game, sweet. So, so for you two, um, and for other people you'd know, what what would you want to see at an art show? Like Magical Christmas Land, the type of art is not limited to things. Like, would you want to see 
I don't know, a digital on a canvas? Would you want to see the sketches that go with it? Do you want to see the napkin that was the original idea that someone had while they were out drinking? Do you want specific paintings, specific artists? Like, what do you guys want to see? I'm really curious. I mean, I'm always interested in the artistic process because I am not artistic, which I know is kind of a sin to say in in the art community where it's like, yes, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I know I've seen a lot of people like, if you want to do art, do art. I don't like to do art, but I'm always fascinated by like the artistic process. So like for me, I would love to see like how the sketch uh, become come, turns into you know the 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 image that they send to us just to say, hey, this is the one you want, right? And then how they'd make it into the final into the uh, the final product. Like I follow uh, Randy Gallegos. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. On uh, Gallegos, Gallegos. Yeah, it's yeah. not Gallegos, so you're close enough. Gallegos. Yeah. Enough. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, and, I, and he posted a picture today of all of the different versions of uh, Vizier of Poison. No, a Vizier of Remedies. Uh, and it was just like this is obtuse and abstract, and I I can see where it's coming from, but I, but I, it's hard for me to parse what's going on there. And I imagine seeing it in person would be a lot easier to really, you know, piece together how that piece came together. Oh, well, those are thumbnails, too, which is – it's really just composition. It's like how yeah. much dark, how much light, yeah. how does it fit as, like, a unique-looking thing. Like, Noah Bradley loves doing these, too. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're the type of guy, you know, that wants to see the the GIF, yeah. you know, where it starts with a sketch, and then it just goes bup, 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 and zooms all the way into the like, final thing. On that, I love, like, the videos, like, Chris Ron does of, like, here's my canvas, and then – just like the kind of time the time lapse videos sure, of those kind of things. Sure. Those things are so you have like the you know like have a little like video panel of just that like t- a time lapse of them doing the art and then the art right there so you can see like okay that was the artist going through the entire process and this is that. I, I need I need to make a plug for uh, Ryan Pankos for that. If you guys have five American five American dollars and you're oh. like you know I want to see something. I got about an hour. Uh, I want to see something art-related. Check out Ryan Pankost's um, Gumroad. And Gumroad's like this tutorial thing that, that people do. And his on Magic are so good. They're so good. Like, it's like listening to Bob Ross. His music is perfect. He goes, like, how he did it from top to bottom. He's, like, sitting at a picnic table, and he reads the art description and then he goes into like shooting reference and he's wearing like little kid football armor <laughs> and like he like shows like he's like talks over the camera and then he shows it doing it and then it's like the stills that come from it and then he shows the sketch of where they come from and then he now does a time left speeding up paint 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 and you can see how they add color it is ahead above anything anybody else is doing on quality and frankly, watchability. I, every time he puts one out, I, he gave me one for free to be like, would you talk about this in an article? And I'm like, okay. And now every time he comes up with a new one, I literally pay for it because they're so freaking cool. Yeah. Like for instance, I, it, all right, it was it was Ryan Pankos who was the one who I see his tweets like does like the quick t- like 20 second videos and stuff like that. Like I just pull up his Twitter and give the paradise like just a quick little like how the how it all goes and it's so good. Like it's it just my, starts as mind boggling. It just starts as like orange, and then it turns into like something that's nowhere near that, and it's just so good. He builds up the color, and I, I think some of that, I think, you know, John, you you'd love to see where you could see a painting, you could see a sketch, and then maybe there's an iPad that has had like a, a scrolling thing. Maybe there's headphones next to it yeah. where it'd be like, hey, do you got 25 minutes? Hit the button, 
and they could walk you through the whole thing and explain what was going through and you know you get to see the references and where it came from it that's the next step yeah i can put it on the art show put it at vegas if we had to do vegas again in two years that is something we would do is we would do these mini videos for marquee probably marquee cards first and go into artist studios and bring in the magic man sam and, and really see him oh yeah dive into you know maybe not a john avon maybe it's not a major major artist that you think of it, it's you know maybe it's like a i don't know um uh, mike Lim, known as darken which you know are like oh yeah yeah i know him he's good but then you're like no he created the etherborn like he made them straight up made it he looked at birch bark trees in renton and he's like oh they kind of look like burning cigarettes and then he started that concept of this burning cigarette of like wow. from the inside and that became the etherborn but That's you never true. know that unless you you know read the blog oh you have to subscribe to his personal one that says unlockable content but in an art show you know you can have a cosplayer standing there with the video that you can opt into the cosplayer calls it out and you'll be like oh if you want to know more about this take 22 minutes sit in that room over there and you can hear about it like and one thing that's kind of helped lead into this though is just they've finally done the art books those art books have just been like a great leapfrog or like a stepping stone into all this kind of thing too i i am sadly one art book behind i have innistrad and zendikar i haven't gotten kaladesh yet but that 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 is my current shame right now they're they're fun they're good coffee table thing you can put them in your house and not it's different than when you keep like a stack of like commons yeah. You know, out on your table, next to your note, your favorite soda, A&W cream soda, like yeah. open. It just looks weird. It looks messy. And you just look like, oh, I got to put Cheetos on these to make it make sense. But yeah. if you put an art book out and, you know, you're paging through, maybe trying to find something, figure out why the uh, Emrakul was there again because you couldn't remember why. Like, why did Emrakul go on the moon? Why did she want to do that? What? Like, that's going to be referenced later. But those sort of things are great. But. Again, it doesn't hit the mass market as uh, as much. It's yeah. mainly for artists that they get to see like, oh, that's why it looks like that. I don't just paint that. There's reasoning behind uh, Mirrodin infection. There's reasoning behind time rifts of Dominaria of why it got blown to crap. Yeah, um, I get it now. Um, and art really can inform that more than just a label could do. So you need an art book, and then maybe there's additional pages that you know director's cut if you will that we can sneak in of course that would be great yeah so overall like it just sounds like really got a great kind of like where you'd love to see this end up but you got to get there first and by getting there first you gotta get this kickstarter back and get it going yeah yeah well we'll we'll keep pushing at it i mean if it's fun it's gonna be the saddest day ever but like you better like ten dollars be ten dollars short it just ends and it's like well that was a lot of work for nothing (laughs) but no we we do we do think we're going to hit there. We really do. Yeah, we've got nine days left. Usually these things kind of like will peak up and they'll kind of plateau and they'll get that last little bump. I, I do think that there are people in the community like that will definitely want to – that will get this across the line. And we wanted to – like I said, we wanted to get you on here today for sure Why this is still going on so we can get more word out there. You know, it doesn't hurt yeah. to get I, – I totally, I totally hear that. Um, I, Ian, you never mentioned what you want to see. Oh, what I want to see, it's very much similar to what John was. Like, I love seeing that whole process of it. Like, I don't, like, I'm very similar to John in this. Like, art-wise, never got huge into it, but I love looking at it. I love seeing, like, getting into the nitty-gritty of, like, how and why and 
the process like what were you thinking with all of that like you you were talking about like the entire time today i'm like that's exactly what i would love to see from this i mean like, i i, I took it's... i took an art history class in college and i still don't know anything about art <laughs> well that's fine i mean uh, yeah, i don't know if, if if it's if all of art is represented by a garbage can i probably know about two inches <laughs> like yeah. that's about it it's but no, it's surprisingly just, not much. But I think I think for something like this, you, you definitely want to get that kind of like base level, like, hey, these are the pop like the popular cards off the start. But at the same time, like some maybe lesser known art that you can deep dive into. Yeah, do you think that has to be part of it? Is that we have a nod and wink to things where it's like, OK, this piece is actually referencing another artwork that isn't magic. I mean, I think that's that would be really cool. I don't know if it's necessary, especially for like the initial push, but I would love to see that like later on. Sure. Um, like maybe there's a piece that's inspired by oh, what's the name of the piece? Oh, it's um, the Birth of Man. No, where Adam and God are like in, they're like touching fingers like an inch apart. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. From this, from the, from the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think there is a piece like that, but I would, lo- but I would. No, there is. It's Cigar to Zade. Duh. Yeah, Cigar to um, Zade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that piece is. But I mean, if, yeah. Yeah, by Howard, our boy. Uh, obvious, nice circle back. I see what you did there. Um, but I, w- I, w- I would think more of like, you know, I want to see the process behind it of, of the technical how. Personally, for me, I want to see the ones that have a soul involved. And and, and this, this is a pretty meaty thing where illustration is not seen as being fine art, capital A, because it's commissioned. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have a purpose other than its intention. Whatever that may be, magazine covers, sell magazines. Tar of a card needs to represent this mechanic. I mean, I, I think that's a really slippery, a deep slippery slope when you consider like, like this is getting way off topic. Where like, every, like the church was a big patron of the arts back in the day, and it had a purpose. And I mean, well, sure, but I mean that entire concept where you could say like, okay, um, this person is actually referencing a time in their life where they got divorced. Terrible to talk about, and it sucks. But for the people seeing it. Yeah. They went to went to a GP expecting to look at magic cards. And instead they're like, Oh, you might have a life experience that relates to it. Or there there's pieces that talk about maybe we have one that's just a Boros show. Yeah. And it's just soldiers and it shows about, you know, the terrors of war and, and post traumatic stress, but also shows the boring part. Cleaning yeah. her weapons sitting by a campfire. Like nobody I mean, ever talks about that when they're in Afghanistan, how boring it is <laughs> all the time. Can one thousand percent confirm on that one. Trust it's me, I've so been there. <laughs> Didn't get a T-shirt, but been there. <laughs> but that idea of like you could see it in like, oh, this game—they're just as bored as I was. And then you know your experience with a memory could be changed into magic, in, and that just doesn't. I mean, it doesn't art's com- just such a powerful medium. Well, Agree. And, and this is just one way that we can make it more than just. A game. It can be a lens into other things, and we get that every now and then. Yeah. Every now and then, you'll see, you know, a a, a person of color, um, Alasha who smiles to death, great example. Mm-hmm. Um, that people can see themselves in the game and in the cards, but sometimes the cards are too small. Yeah, you need to see something bigger. What's bigger? How about the art? Done. Yeah. Exactly. Sim- simple as that. Um, just, just give a nice way to connect it all. Yeah. Real sure. life with the game and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. hey, like, so. I mean, and and, th- then and when we're if, talking about the if, art, we're talking about, like, how insult to injury is one big piece, and then the part, the art is cut up into small rectangles that are jangled together. Sure. 
But. Yeah, insult to injury is a, a diptych, uh, a two, a twofer, a twofer yeah. as we call it. Um, I actually have an article coming out on the, that, which will be posted by the time of this, talking about diptychs and triptychs and what they are and the history behind them. And they're generally a religious place unless you know Japanese art, then they're not at all. Yeah. So it'll be a kind of a fun little article that'll be coming out from that, that you know, I try to show through certain things instead of just talking about dogs all day and counting the amount of dogs on my runs, which <laughs> is DPR, dogs per run. Average is sitting at about 13 now. <laughs> it's a I'm, good curious, average. I'm curious to see what the DPR is for an average like marathon, you know, like. It depends on the marathon. Yeah. Like Chicago, there's a lot because you go through neighborhoods. Yeah. That's There's fair. A ton of them. There. Like Boston, dang, tons. I don't know how much you have in like Rainland, out in uh, Seattle area, <laughs> Super Mario, Secret World, Rainland. Um, I mean, you got to go to the breweries to find the dogs. People bring them there all the time. That's a good point. That's a good point. They put them in good beers. Boats. Dogs per beer. Oh, yeah. dogs per beer. That'd be great. Dogs per round. Um, but I mean, that, that, it's just playfulness that we talk about on the internet. It's just because otherwise running is the most dull thing to talk about workouts. People post a thing. It's like those Instagrammers that you just can't stand from high school. They're like, I did this workout thing and it was with abs. And you're like, no one cares. Um, yeah. Here's my wad. Yeah, like, uh, here's my before just, after. Like, I just don't take care. a picture of what you did and then just send, send that to me. That's what I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a, it's a comical side things to our lives. Like, we can talk about magic. Everyone relates to that. But it's the weird other hobbies that we do. Like, yeah. art is cool. It's kind of like my side thing I do. But if you talk about, like, dogs while on a run, that's funny because you should be worrying about running, not what's that sheep doing right now while wow, he has a great face. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's a fun thing to do. And obviously, we're going to be counting dogs at Vegas, though. It's going to be hotter than hell there. Oh, yeah. But I know for me personally, I know – when uh when I run, I just like always try to look for everything. But so dogs per run is like great DPR. stat. DPR, DPR. DPR. I don't know how much you have those on like an uh your base. Ah, you DPR is zero. Like no. zero. You might it's have like zero. K9 maybe. No. Unless zero. we run through unless we run through the neighborhoods nearby, like it's it's nil. It's zero. <laughs> Dang, I gotta get that up. Speaking of 5Ks though, we thought about doing that before GP. Oh wow! We huh. did like a, a charity 5K, you know, Gaper, gamers helping gamers, that scholarship yeah. thing or whatever. Yes. Um, we thought about like, whoa, what if we did a charity for because that's an evergreen thing. It's not like, oh, I need to find a new shelter every time for dogs or whatever. But what if we just did gamers helping gamers? If we did a 5K, maybe on like that Friday or that Sunday morning for people that scrubbed out, like, would that make it into a con? Would that be another step? I don't know. I think that'd be cool. At least it might get a significant others that are local to oh, compete. Yeah. Maybe the what? metal is like magic based or something. Like I mean, I don't know if I would do that in Vegas. I mean, I'm well, no Vegas, no, I ain't gonna happen. That'd be terrible. <laughs> no, but it's kind of you kind of mentioned like like with tying in Twitter and all this stuff. Like people are like there's a surprising number of people who are like athletes that play. Yeah. That it's like oh wait like, like you ran hasn't... like I played I played ice hockey for my entire middle school and high school career. Like other people were you know crew and stuff and. There, um, there are there are some. I mean, stereotypes are easier to disprove when you have the whole pocket friends of, of Twitter. Oh, right. I mean, that uh, like chamber, Command but, Zone so. has a video coming out with a literal NFL player playing <laughs> Commander with them. Yeah, so. I saw that. They, they do exist. They are rare, yeah. but they do exist. And that's why, like, on our track trips that we did in college, um, so we weren't getting known as shenanigans. We would bring um, Killer Bunnies, Settlers of Catan, um, and Ticket to Ride. So all of these other players that weren't used to gaming, um, we would bring things with. And we we tried to get Commander going, but, you know, with different guys in the team, you didn't always go to the same city for yeah. a track trip. 
you know, because the team's big. You don't always go with the throwers. You don't always go with your hurdle buddies. Um, but I, it was just an accessible thing, and I would love to see if we could do more of the gaming part at conventions as well. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a test out of the next licensed board game that they do, because they've made a couple of them. I think they're okay, the Magic board games. They're, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, Duels of the Plains, Arena of the, or Arena of the Planeswalkers is fine. It's fine. But, I mean, it, it's it, it, again, it's a start. Yeah, they wanted start. to test to see, do people care? And yeah. could that be more of a GP thing where you're like, all right, we're going to try out a couple test products. Like, what if we put Magic over the top of Seven Wonders? And yeah. it became, like, seven myth, uh, like, legendary things. Like, I don't know. But I want to see some of that playfulness happen. And hopefully, with money freed up, with a, a new digital initiative that, you know, there will be more of a digital thing there, which allows for way more variety than just like a physical thing like art. Art, you got to bring there. But if you have screens, you can put whatever art you want, Yeah, which is cool. And I think that that's going to be coming too. So that, in case people are curious, there will be shows that are just screens and they're like videos and people can really interact with the art there. Um, we're already working with a VR thing to see how could we interact with that. Like what if you walked through Tolarian Academy because they have all these things from MTG Tactics, you know? Yeah. Remember that Sony game that they made? <laughs> yeah, I remember wow. that too. But you can walk through that. I mean, we're not going to do old school Chandelier, though. That would be sweet. <laughs> That'd be so sweet. That's the goal, just, too. Just, just, make, to just make a LAN room and just every computer just has Chandelier on it and nothing else. I mean, is that not True Dungeon from Gen Con? I mean, how is it different? Fair. It's exactly the same, and it's, except like nobody's really been like, man, I really liked True Dungeon, but Magic doesn't do that. It's like, well, homie, maybe you should do that. That'd be sweet. Kickstarter yeah. it, and I'll give you 15 American dollars. What do you want from me? Like, I'll do yeah. it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. This has been a time. <laughs> it has. Uh, so, man, yeah. thanks again for joining us. Sure. I, you, thanks for having me. If people have any other questions... Want to talk art even? Hit me up. I'm not hard to find. Just attempt to spell my last name. Just put Vorthos Mike in front of it, and you'll get there. Um, and, you know, we'll talk art, and I'd love to kick off more stuff about the art show. I'm trying to reveal, like, one snippet at a time, if people have noticed. And since I've had concussions from sports, I do forget things. <laughs> but luckily, you guys post it, so that's good to see. So we'll, we'll see those things. Um, and, and I'm happy that you guys really do appreciate Chris Moeller's art, because... Man, it's good. Yeah. Oh, he's just criminally underappreciated. He really is. Oh yeah. It's definitely one. Th- it's definitely one thing I never really expected when I got back in the game. Is just the appreciation for art. But people like you and other- everyone out there who just loves the art so much, just talk about it so much, is like it's helped me gain an additional appreciation of the game because of that. And I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. I cannot, and I can do nothing but echo what Ian already said. Um, Mike, people can find you on social media at Forthers Mike. And you also write for Gathering Magic because I'm looking forward to the Amonkhet art review, which is probably coming out. Ooh, that's in a few next. Weeks. That, 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 that's next week. Next, next week. week. It's wow. always after. It's always after pre-release. I used to do it as soon as art was available, um, but I started realizing that on Reddit and other places, people like discovering. Yeah. So I usually give it after pre-release, so you know people get a chance to look at the art, experience the things, notice the thing in the background that. Uh, streamers love talking about and reposting on, on reddit and it's fine um but i don't want to ruin it for people and i think yeah. i took that away from it in in years past and going too in depth so i i try to have more encompassing things and find weird stuff and there's some really weird stuff about this that nobody's talked about yet which i'll get on oh, of see. course 
Nice. Uh, I'm waiting for all those juicy tidbits. Uh, Ian, if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they do that? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. Um, I will be around... John's going to have some buddies on the next couple weeks as I'm going to be out and about doing army stuff. But, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129, and I'm on Twitch by the same handle. If you see me in a chat, do not hesitate to say hi. If you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. We would love to hear your feedback and how we can best improve the podcast for you. Um... That's been it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.